Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. You know, there were two different men, I guess in the past 100, 120 years, that faced a, a, a plague in the area in which they were. Uh, John Alexander Dowie in Australia, and then John G. Lake in Africa. And both of them were in a situation where there was a, one of them was the pneumonic plague, I think, in Africa. I forget what the other one was in Australia. But I know the one in Australia, uh, Dowie had buried 40 church members. Uh, you, just imagine what that could do to a church. And then I know in Africa, uh, that plague uh, was killing those precious African people that uh, John G. Lake was ministering to in mass. But both of those men stood on the Word of God. And in John G. Lake's uh, uh, situation, they actually had a, a ship that came in from England and was studying this plague because when the, the individuals would die, they would, they would foam at the mouth. A bloody flux would come out of them and they would test that foam and it would be teeming with that bacteria. And they had John G. Lake come in and he said, I live by the, by the word of God that says the law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death. And they said they would put that foam under a microscope and have him touch that slide. And when he did, all that bacteria would die just like that. You know that same God's in you? I said that same God's in you. I know that this has been a, a particularly devastating flu season for our nation. You know, we've been fighting that around here. Uh, ever since they declared that we were going to have this terrible flu season, then they said, no, we're going to have a second wave. You know, we've been standing on the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, uh, declaring the Word of God over our bodies and over our health. And, and, you know, as we're teaching on faith and understanding how powerful our words are, it is important that you speak the Word of life over your body, that you speak to your body the Word of God. It sets a standard of health in you. Then it will take and destroy anything in your body that the enemy's trying to put on you or anything that's relevant out in the area that's being spread around. Amen? Uh, I tell you, I'm not afraid of the flu. You say, well, what would you do if you got it? I'd, I'd rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Stand in faith. Amen? But I'm not going to get it in Jesus' name. That's my confession. And that ought to be every one of our confessions as we continue to go on through this winter and into spring. And glory to God, we'll see the flu not come near our dwelling place. Amen. Or touch our lives in any way. Amen. You love the Lord this morning. Praise God. Now, who has a message in tongues? Wave your hand at me real quick. Praise Go ahead, Alan. Thank you, Lord. Uh, for it's not hard to receive. No, the healing that you need. The finances that you need. The Holy Ghost coming upon you. For I've made a way where there seemed to be no way. I've made it easy by faith if you'll just enter in. So today with joy in your heart and a laugh in your mouth. Begin to thank and worship your God. For He has given you all things that pertain unto godliness. So go ahead and receive now that which you need from me. For I desire to pour it out upon you even now, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! 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 Oh, sabaka ha kalasan rebeke sotelema! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Now. 
Wednesday night, we've been teaching on the mercy and compassion of God. We got off Wednesday night on teaching on the manifestations of the Spirit where Paul said, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech. Amen. But he came in, how does it say? I'm trying to remember exactly how it says. But he came in uh, with demonstration of word and of power. Amen. Now there are spiritual demonstrations, which are the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Then there are natural demonstrations. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, over in Romans it says, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now joy is something that's in manifestation. And the problem is, so many Christians lose their joy. Amen. So the Spirit of God, if you study that chapter in Romans, chapter 14, it's talking about the manifestations of the Old Covenant, which were ceremonial washings, were, were, were different things you had to wear and put on. But in our dispensation, it is a revelation of righteousness, a manifestation of peace, and a demonstration of joy in the Holy Ghost. And when there's, where there's joy, there's singing. Where there's joy, there's dancing. Where there's joy, there's laughter. Amen. And the problem with so many people is they let the enemy press them down, let them just do that. And God wants to revive us and restore joy to the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. you got to make something happen. I mean, you got to make it happen. You've got to let your, your what's working in you come out of you. Amen? In worship, and praise, and demonstration. You say, well, I'm trying to feel something. It's not based on what you feel. It's based on what you know. I said, it's based on what you know. And when the Spirit starts a moving, that's your opportunity to get into that flow and begin to allow a demonstration of the Spirit through you which activates your faith. I tell you, I watched I watch Leah run her way right out of a business and into the ministry. Amen. We had a time in 1987, I'll never forget. We'd been in the ministry about three years. And, and, and man, I'm telling you, 87 was a very bad year in the church. Major ministries were folding up. It was all over the news, and nobody wanted to hold any meat. And I'm telling you, Leah and I, we went down to the bottom financially. There was nothing left. But I'm telling you, we begin to worship God. We begin to dance when there was no reason to dance. We begin to laugh when there was no reason to laugh. We begin to shout when there was no reason to shout. And we laughed and shouted and danced our way through that and hit 1988 running and hadn't quit yet. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. 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 Now listen, listen. For there is a dance that is of the Spirit. There is a laugh that is of the Spirit. There is a shout that is of the Spirit. But you must step out by faith in the flesh and make a decision. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I hear. 
I'm going to abandon myself to worship my God. For I know He is sufficient. I know He can do all things. And I know He is the answer for my life. So express yourself, even now, in that which you desire to receive, and you shall in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Wow, glory. Thank you, Lord. possessed by a devil. Now as she followed them, she would say, these men are the men of God who have brought the way of salvation. But that wasn't God. And the Bible said this she did many days. Now notice, many days. But then one day, Paul turned and said to the Spirit, not to the woman, but to the Spirit, come out of her. And the Bible said in the self saying, now, now hold on, hold on. The reason that went on for many days is there was not an unction. There was not an anointing. There was no unction of the Spirit. So Paul had to just keep doing what God said do keep. But one day the unction came. And when the unction came, he said, come out of her in the name of Jesus. So when the unction comes, you have to act. You have to declare your blessing. You have to shout. You have to dance. You have to magnify God. You've got to do whatever it takes to get what you need from God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we glorify your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. Hallelujah. 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 Worthy is your Glory to God. Oh, I tell you, the Lord is good. Amen. Thank God for refreshing. Thank God for refreshing. Thank God for moves of God, waves of the Spirit. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, we thank you. 
we reverence and appreciate your presence in our midst. Helping us to see what we cannot see, do what we cannot do, say what we cannot say, hear what we cannot hear. Allowing us to see into that realm of the Spirit and understand that you are mighty on our behalf. Working in our midst, doing that which we cannot do, supernaturally in our lives, in every area. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now lift your hands and just worship you. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. So how do I do that? Now be seated, if you will. Place softly. Bring the lights up for me, if you will. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Not even the ushers. Everybody, give everybody an opportunity because I'm not going to call these up and minister to them, but the Holy Ghost is. The Spirit of God is. More than one. The Lord didn't give me a number, but it's more than one. Marriage. Marriage. You're married. Words have been said that are bitter. Things have been done that are destructive. And your adversary, the devil, is doing his best to drive a wedge between the husband and the wife and destroy the marriage. God knows it, you know it. But God loves you. And God wants to bless your marriage. But today you have to be willing to repent from those words and to get new words of life and new words of healing. Thank you, Lord, I'll say that. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. It's the effect of what who thinks they're right and who thinks they're wrong is doing to you. It's not worth the effort, says the Lord. It's not worth the fight. Walk in love. Be kind and tender-hearted one to another. Hold the one that I've given unto you in great esteem as a gift from heaven. And view the marriage that I've given to you as a place of protection and blessing upon the earth as you obey God. Now with ever head bowed and every eye closed if you're having trouble in your marriage nobody's looking around but me you say pastor I need a breakthrough in my marriage I want you to lift your hand right now wow oh my goodness put your hands down now everybody pray this out loud let's, let's all help them that need this this morning say heavenly father right now I thank you for my husband I thank you for my wife I am not going to let the devil steal my marriage, steal my mate. I resist it this morning. I repent. I ask forgiveness for bitter words, bitter attitudes, fighting, strife, 
and turmoil. I renounce it. I say, get out of my marriage and get out of my life. Today, I believe I receive an anointing for a restoration in my marriage between me and my husband, me and my wife. I will walk in love. I will be kind. I will be tenderhearted. I will let go. I will let go of my right to be right. And I will strive for peace and harmony in my marriage. Heavenly Father, come down upon us. Come down upon us. Refresh and renew our marriage in Jesus' name. Amen. Now begin to worship and thank you. Not just worship and thank God. Father, we worship Father, we thank you. Father, we glorify your name. We exalt you, Lord God. We exalt you, Lord God. We exalt you. Praise God. Amen, amen. Well, let's teach the word for a few minutes. Amen. Isn't God good? Thank God for moves of the Spirit, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. We're going to see more and more of it. Amen. Praise God. Mark chapter 11 this morning. This is going to be our last in our teaching on our words, primary way in which faith is released through our words, through speaking the Word of God. Now, we're studying the subject of faith. Now, like I said earlier, and, and, and I don't like to admit doing this, but I did it anyway. I, I went and read and listened to uh, some of the criticism of what they call the Word of Faith movement. First of all, there is no Word of Faith movement. I don't know whoever came up with that, whoever coined it, but, but the, the, the man that most people call the, uh, the, the man on the forefront or the one that initiated what they call the Word of Faith movement is Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. Now I heard from his own mouth, from his own words, there is no Word of Faith movement. There is the Word of God that produces faith and it'll get you moving. But as far as there being a movement, it's always been required of God's people since the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that they live by faith. Seven times the Word of God says the just shall live by faith. Come on, church. Now, the, and I, each week I'm going to try to bring one out because it's not good to answer your critics. I've never done it. And I've been criticized for years. And, and you know, people are very critical of what they call the Word of Faith and then they connect it to the prosperity movement or the prosperity preachers. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been excesses. Now, I've, I've, I've been acquainted with and friends with several of the, the larger ministries that you would call prosperity preachers. Uh, uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland was, was with him in several cities. Dr. Jerry Savell, uh, Jesse Duplantis. I guess probably knew him better than most of them. Dr. Oral Roberts was close to Leah, Leah and I. Of course, Brother Hagen, different ones. Now, let me say this. The ones that I know personally, I know them personally. I know their character. I know their integrity, and I know their heart. That means I didn't just sit in a, in, in a pulpit or a, a chair and listen to them teach. I spent time uh, breaking bread with them, talking with them. I will tell you this beyond a shadow of a doubt and include myself in this statement. At the drop of a hat, at any moment, if God spoke to me and said, sell everything you have and give it away, I'd do it just like that. And I guarantee you, those that I know are the same way. Even if they have millions 
even if they have billions of dollars, if they knew it was God and knew it was the Holy Ghost, and they said, relinquish yourself of all this wealth, of all that you've possessed, and that all that you've gathered in your life of faith, they would do it in a moment. Because everything they got, they did not get it through swindling, they got it through faith. Amen? Now, the number one criticism of what they call word of faith is this. You cannot get God to do anything outside of His sovereignty. And to expand on that, this is how it's explained. If you need healing, God can heal you, but He's only going to heal you according to His own, quote, sovereign will. If you need prosperity, well, God will prosper you, but He will only prosper you according to, quote, His sovereign will. Well, that literally goes against much of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the initiation of the blessing with the woman with the issue of blood, blind Bartimaeus, the ten lepers, and several others we can name. What about the four that tore the roof off and lowered the man down in front of Jesus? They all initiated that, which did away with that, quote, sovereignty issue. In the Word of God, in 2 Peter, it states, He's already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, and our teaching on faith is us not trying to get God to do something for us. It's tapping into what He's already done for us. He's already provided healing. He's already provided salvation. He's already provided prosperity. Amen? Yes, yesterday, yesterday, I led three people to the Lord yesterday. Prayed the sinner's prayer with them, led them to the Lord. We did not have to kneel and say, Now God, I, there's these three. I've, I've, I've spoken the word to them. I've, I've preached the gospel to them. Now, in your sovereignty, Lord, would you please save them? Didn't have to pray that way. All we had to do was pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you raised your son Jesus from the dead. I believe it with my heart. I confess it with my mouth. And you know how we pray the prayer here. That's how we prayed that prayer. Believe he was virgin born, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead. From I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. That's all they had to do and immediately. You say, why? Because it was the sovereign will of God to save them. And he did it 2,000 years ago. It's the sovereign will of God to heal you, and He did it 2,000 years ago. It's the sovereign will of God to bless you, and He did it 2,000 years ago. And I've always noticed that anything that is really of God is going to draw criticism. Now, when it comes to faith, the most criticized element of faith is confession. Oh, pastor, you're, surely you're not part of that name it and claim it bunch. I'm not only part of it, I'm a big part of it. I preach it all over the world. You want something from God, you're going to have to name it. You're going to have to claim And see, people get in the ditch. On, well, I'm going to just start saying I'm going to get 40 oil wells. You, ain't, you don't even have a can of oil. You don't know, believe that in your heart. You can say it all day long. You don't believe that in your heart. Now, if you're an oil man and you've already drilled 20, I'll get, I'll get in agreement with, with you for another, for another 20. Amen? You see what I'm saying? But there is faith. Everybody say faith. We saw it sources God, but God packages, in it, packages it in His Word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing is not listening. When you listen to something, you mentally assent to it. When you hear something, you believe it, you receive it, you accept it, and you act on it. Amen? Amen? Now, the primary way, everybody say primary way, in which faith is released is through our words. Our words are so powerful. I'm talking about us as believers. They're powerful as just in the, in the, in the human 
family, words are powerful. But honey, you get born again and get over into God's family and get filled with the Holy Ghost and get the Word of God in your heart and begin to speak the Word of God out of your heart, I guarantee you're going to begin to see some power. Where's that little lady? We prayed for her knee. You, you speak that word every day over your knee. You say, you say, knee, listen to me. Not knee, listen to God. Knee, listen to me. You're being healed supernaturally every day. My bones, my ligaments, my flesh, in the name of Jesus. God's healing virtue is in my knee. You do it every day. Amen? People say, well, how long do I have to do that? Tell you, you don't have to do it no more. It's not a labor to speak God's word. Now, we saw life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18. You must understand that you're either speaking life or death over every situation of your life. Don't speak death over your finances. Don't speak death over your marriage. Don't speak death over your body. Speak life. And when you speak the Word of God, that's what you're doing. You're speaking life. And then last week, as we concluded, we saw that Jesus Christ is the apostle and high priest of our profession in King James. But the real Greek word is confession. That the only thing that Jesus has to present on your behalf to the Father is what you say. So if he can bring the Word of God and present it to the Heavenly Father, who is that Word, then I guarantee you, you are locked in to receive what God has already given you through redemption. You just have to learn to fight the fight of faith. Everybody say, I will. I will fight the fight of faith. See, here at Island Church, we're in a faith fight. But the good news is the faith fight's one you already won. Because we're not conquerors, we're more than conquerors. What was that, that boxer's name? Evondi uh, Holyfield, when he won that championship against uh, the guy that bit his ear. See, you don't, you don't ever remember the loser. Amen. He got a $44 million check. Now, I heard this testimony in a conference because Creflo Dollar, he was attending Creflo Dollar's church at the time, and Creflo was giving the testimony. He said he came and gave a tithe on that check. He was married to this, to this woman. He said, he gave this illustration. He said, when he came in with that check for $44 million, he was the conqueror. He said, but his little five foot three woman, uh, wife reached up and took the check, and she was more than a conqueror. <laughs> Amen. You say, what do you mean by that? He fought the fight to win it, but because she was connected to him, she got it because he won it. And I'm telling you, you're connected to the one that won the fight. I said, you're connected to the one that won the fight. Now, here in Mark, let's look today, we're going to look at application. How do you apply the word? How do you speak that word? When do you do it? How do you do it? Why do you do it? Now, notice this. Mark 11. Uh, let's begin in verse 12. Verse 12 of Mark 11. It says, On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Speaking of Jesus. Seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came happily, if he might find anything thereon. And when he came, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Now notice this. And his disciples heard it. Now he walked up to a fig tree. It wasn't time for figs to be in season. Anybody got a fig tree? Didn't we used to have one? You know, and they bloom at a certain time of year. Now, it was not that time of year, but he walked up to it thinking there might be some fruit. There wasn't. So he spoke to it, and what he said was, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Did you get that? 
Now, he spoke that out loud. And the reason God put this in the Bible and his disciples heard it is he said it out loud. He spoke to a tree. Now, now some of you right there, so a lot of people get, you mean he spoke to, he spoke to a tree. I said he spoke to a, something inanimate as far as we're concerned. That, that's why, listen, that's why you ought to speak to your pocketbook. That's why you ought to, ought to speak to your body. That's why you ought to speak to things in your life that you need the Word of God to get into and begin to work. Uh, you that are students, speak to, your, speak to your books. If you're going to take a test, speak to that test and say, I'm going to pass you. Instead of sitting there thinking, I wonder if I can pass this test. No, you speak to it and say, thank you, Father. I've studied. I've put in me what's necessary. I bind every distraction in the name of Jesus. And I will pass this test with flying colors. Test, you're not going to overcome me. I'm going to overcome you in Jesus' name. You say, that sounds crazy. No, because there's other people saying, I don't know if I can pass it or not. I don't know. And nobody thinks nothing of that. But you get over on the faith side and start speaking the Word of God. People think you're crazy. Verse 20, in the morning when they were passed by, now notice this, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remember it said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Now notice this, Jesus is operating in a kingdom principle. How can I do that? He's not pulling a deity trick. He said, what do you mean by that? He's not saying, well, you know, me and God the Father and the Holy Ghost, we, we know how this stuff operates, how this stuff works, but you guys, you know, you know I, I don't know if I can help you or not, but you know, I, I really don't have any information for you. Anything. He didn't do that. First of all, they noticed that the fig tree was dried up from the roots. Now, the roots represent that which is unseen. So when Jesus spoke, it began to work in the unseen, and it showed up in the seen. Now let me say that again. When Jesus spoke, it started working in the unseen and it showed up in the seen. When you speak the Word of God, it starts working in the unseen and that's why you've got to stay with it and stay with it and stay with it till it turns up in the seen or in the realm of manifestation. Amen? Now notice it again. And in the morning when they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter, calling to remember, said unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Now actually, if you go study that phrase right there, literally in the, in, in the Greek, it says this, Have or learn to operate in faith like God operates in faith. Have, one translation actually says this, Have the God kind of faith. What an amazing concept that we as mere humans on the earth can operate in a divine principle. Now come on, you think about that for a minute. We said it, what, last week or week before last, what a great mystery it is that, 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 that deity could come down and touch and interact with humanity and then provide redemption and salvation so that humanity can still remain humanity but be partakers of deity, the divine nature. Oh, we, we'll, we'll hold that till we t- start teaching on redemption. Now notice, have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever... Now how many whosoever's we have in here? Every one of us is a whosoever. Whosoever shall say 
Unto this mountain be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in their heart, but believe those things which they saith, or which he saith, shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have, she shall have whatsoever, whatsoever. Let's just say it like this. You're going to have whatsoever you say. Now listen, whatever you say on a continual basis, eventually we'll convince your heart of the reality of it and you will possess it. I was, we were in, in Costa Rica on a vacation one time and we took a, took a trip to go snorkeling and, and riding back, Breland fell asleep in my lap and I was talking to the captain. And he was a universalist, a humanist and was, was mixed up in all this Christian science, all this kind of stuff. And so I was witnessing to him about the Lord and actually about being saved, about salvation. And he was real big on the work side. You know, I'm a, good, I'm a good man. He kept saying, I'm a good man. I'm a good man. I said, well, great, you're a good man. A lot of good men in heaven. I mean, excuse me, a lot of good men in hell. And I was trying to get over to him that your words will possess that which God has provided. That's why you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth to get saved. And then all of a sudden, the anointing came on me. And I began to just, just read his mail. I said, I'm going to tell you how you came to be a captain of a beautiful boat that takes people snorkeling on a beautiful beach in Costa Rica. He said, how did it happen? I said, one day you were driving around. I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from San Francisco. I said, one day you were driving the highways of San Francisco. I said, did you work a job or you in business? He said, I was in business. I said, you were in business, coming back from your business, going to your business, and you had a thought. I said, you had a thought. And with that thought, you begin to think, wouldn't it be nice not to have to drive these freeways. Not to have to go to this. They were in the sign business. They painted signs and put signs up. And not have to mess with all this. I said, you had that thought, didn't you? He looked at me like I was crazy. He said, I did. I said, and I don't know how many days, weeks, months, or years you had that thought. But one day you said to somebody, maybe it was your wife, maybe it was your business partner. You said to somebody, wouldn't it be nice to move down to Costa Rica? and buy a boat and take people snorkeling instead of driving around San Francisco all day long painting signs. He looked at me like I was even crazier. And I said, that began a process in your life. I said, I don't know if you've ever been down here, but you probably took a trip down here. You begin to do some investigation on the internet. You begin to find out how feasible it was. You begin to look for somebody to buy or take over your business. He said, that's exactly right. And I said, it all happened by you believing or thinking and then speaking. And the more you spoke, the bigger it got. He said, you're exactly right. He said, we moved down here. We bought nine condominiums, which we lease out. And we have this boat. And that's how we make our living now. And literally, what we begin to think and say became the reality of our lives. Well, then I was able to say, well, that's how you get saved. You're going to have to believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. God, and I, I, he wouldn't pray with me, but I trust God somebody went down there and was able to get him saved. Because he got the good seed of the Word of God in him. Jesus' principle is true. He says, listen, whosoever shall what? Say to the mountain. What is your mountain today? You got a mountain in your knee? You got a mountain in your finances? You got a mountain in your marriage? You got a mountain in your mind? You got a mountain in your life? You've got to speak to it. Listen, your mountain needs to hear your voice, but it's not just your voice. It's God's voice in your voice. 
Mountains don't respond to your voice. Mountains responds to God's voice in your voice. And when the Word of God gets into your heart and you go around saying, Father, I thank you. You supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you're worshiping God day after day. I thank you, Father. You supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ I thank you, Heavenly. And you do it. Then one day the unction comes and you turn to your mountain dead of debt and you say, Debt, it is written. My God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And that mountain gets removed. That's why it's so important. And by the way, we have our confessions right down here. Invite needs prosperity, healing, redemption. What else we got? Word of God confession. We got as many as Miss Laura. Give Miss Laura a hand clap. Put all these together this week. So for you that don't get them, we'll have some more next week. Amen. So come up here and you say, what are they? They're just the word. You can take this thing all day long. All day long. And just open it up wherever you want to. Prosperity. Thank you, Father. You're my Jehovah Jireh. My provider, you supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm a giver. It comes back to me. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaking to go. Running over. I mean, you just go on and on. Healing. Oh, you say, well, what good does that do? It does all the good. It is the primary way in which your faith is being released. Now, let me say this. If you never believe it in your heart, and if you never say it, you'll never act on it. I'm going to teach next week on acting on the Word of God. But if you never believe it, and if you never say it, you'll never act on it. That's why so many people struggle with giving. So many people struggle with tithing. Pastor, I just can't tithe. I'm so afraid I won't make it. I know you are. And I don't want you to tithe in fear. I, don't want, to, I want you to do it with joy. But the only way you're going to be able to is by faith. So you take scriptures that have to do with tithe. Father, I thank you. I'm a tither. Oh, thank God the devourer is rebuked. The devourer is rebuked. The windows of heaven are open over me. God pours me out a blessing that I do not live long enough. There's not enough years in my lifetime to sustain or to receive it all. It's going to affect my children. It's going to affect my grandchildren. Thank you that my seed does not cast itself before it's time in the field. I'm blessed in Jesus' name. That's faith. But it's going to take some confession to be able to do that. In your life. That's why when we pray for people. You know, somebody comes up with cancer. We don't pray for their cancer. We speak to it. Amen. It's a mountain in their life. No matter what it is, you've got to learn. Now notice the scripture. Whosoever shall what? Say. Under this mountain be thou removed, cast in the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe us whatsoever they saith shall come to pass. They shall have whatsoever they say. Three times the emphasis is put on speaking. One time on believing. Brother Larry, every day you need to start talking to your legs. I'm going to walk normal. Bless God, I'm going to run. I'm going to be healed in the name of Jesus totally. Thank God for what you have done. But Father, I'm thanking you for full completion and full manifestation of what you're doing. And every day, just lift your hand. Thank you, Father. By His stripes, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin. Legs, do you hear what I'm telling you? Knee, do you hear what I'm telling you? Feet, do you hear what I'm telling you? Bones, do you hear what I'm telling you? Do you hear what I'm telling you? Amen. That's literally how we apply it. God is a God of His words. He speaks His words. Let there be light and light happen. He put all everything back in order by His words. And I'm going to tell you something. Your words will put everything back in order. First time I heard 
in-depth teaching on this. I was in Bible school at Lakewood. And you know, Brother Osteen, John Osteen, he had some of the funniest stories. And he, he would tell the stories how they would, you know, they'd get a revelation. They, they came out of the Baptist church. He was a Baptist pastor for nine years, so they had a lot of misinformation. And so they started getting some good information. But he said, every time we'd get good information, we'd go right in the ditch with it. And he said, Brother Hagin came and taught confession. He said, we went right in the ditch. He said, we wouldn't let somebody say good grief. We'd say, don't say that. No grief is good, you know. <laughs> Amen. And, 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 and Pastor John was telling us, he said, his wife, Pastor Doty, we all love Pastor Doty. She would say, uh, uh, John, I, I'm hurting. He said, don't say that. Don't say that. Said, I don't feel, don't say that. Don't. So she said this to him. She said, I'm going to have them put on my tombstone. I told you I was sick. <laughs> so your confession is not a weapon to deny. Well, I'm not sick. Well, I'm not broke. Well, yes, you are. Your confession is the way you make the transition from the factual realm into the truth realm. The fact are, yeah, the facts are, you know, you're, you don't feel good. The facts are you're being attacked. The truth is, by His stripes, you're healed. The, 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 the confession of your faith causes you to begin to make that journey from the factual side to the truth side. And remember, facts are subject to change. Truth is forever settled in heaven. Now, let me, oh, my, my time's just about up. Let me close it. If I shut my Bible, I won't ramble on so much. And I'll get down here. When David fought Goliath, that battle between David and Goliath, before it became a battle of a stone and a sling and a sword and a shield, it was a battle of words. Go read it in 1 Samuel 17. The giant began by saying, You little pipsqueak, am I a dog? That's basically what he said. Am I a dog that you come to me? You know, and he said, today I'm going to take your head off you. I'm going I'm to give your carcass to the birds of the air. And he just began to, you know, the Bible says he began to curse David by his gods. That means he was cursing David by, by well, uh, Dragon or whatever that Philistine god was. He was cursing him by his god, Dagon. Cursing him by his gods. Then David said, you say, what do you mean by that? The righteous always get the last word. Then David said, you come to me with sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts in whom I serve. Then this is what he said. This day I will smite you. I will take your head from you. And I will give your carcass to the birds of the sea, I mean to the fowls of the air, and to the wild animals, so that all the earth may know there's a God in Israel. Now, who got what they said? Did Goliath? No. Did David? Yes. Why? Because there was someone backing David's words. The only person backing Goliath's words was Goliath. Another quote of Brother Osteen's. I loved it. Everyone in the army of Israel saw Goliath as too big to fight. Except for David. He saw him as too big to miss. And your current problem right now, you may think, it's too big to fight. But honey, it's just the biggest target you've ever had to shoot at in your life. 
And you need to start firing the smooth stones of the Word of God at the Goliath of your life because He's going to come down upon that field of confrontation according to what you say. Now, this one doctrine, it is not something that removes the humility from us. Because people, when they hear stuff like that, they think, you people, that's your problem. You're just a bunch, y'all so proud, you're so cocky. Well, listen, there is a confidence in God. But now let me help you, and I'll close with this, this will help you. At the end of the day, when you've gotten into the Word and dug those Scriptures out, and you're studying them and meditating upon them, faith comes to your heart. You begin to speak that Word and speak that Word and worship God. Then you turn and you speak to your mountain. Are you with me? Then God gives you an unction to act upon the Word. You act upon the Word. Still nothing's happened. And then you get over here and you start making your stand of faith. We're going to study that too. You rejoice and you praise and you thank God. And then all of a sudden, in an instant time, in a suddenly, boom, there's your answer. At that point, where humility is true humility, you take no credit. And you lift your hands and you say, this is the mercy and this is the compassion of God. Thank God I found out a little bit of how to activate the spirit realm and get that which was already provided for me. But at the end of the day, it is His mercy and it is His compassion that has brought me to this point. Look what the Lord has done. You say, well, you, you, just, you just can't do that. That's just, that just sounds like you're trying to make God do something. No, you're not. God has already given us. What is it? 2 Peter chapter, chapter 1. Already given us all things. Now, all things is what? All things. The building's already ours. I've never said we don't have a building. You say, why? We have one. It's in the unseen. And every service, we pull it a little closer. Pull it a little closer. Pull it. I've, got, I've got a rolling office that big of all the plans. It's a little closer. Let me say it like this. When we started this, we had no building. Now we got one on paper. We pulled the paper out of the spirit room. Now the building needs to come. We just keep pulling. We just keep thanking God. And that first Sunday when we walk in that building, we're going to put up our hands. We're going to say, oh, we're great faith people. Look what our faith is. We're going to say, look what the mercy and the compassion and the goodness and the grace of God has bestowed this wonderful tool upon us to evangelize this island and all over the world wherever God sends us. In reality, what pride is is opposition. Some of the most proudest people I've ever heard are those that oppose everything that God's doing. Always remember this about religion. Religion will rejoice over what God did in the past while denying what He's doing in the present. That is a true picture of religion. And I thank God, listen, listen, I thank God for faith. I thank God for prosperity. I thank God for healing. I thank God for deliverance. I thank God for joy. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God for praise. I thank God for worship. I thank God for the church. I thank God for revelation from the Word of God. Everything we are, everything we have, everything we do comes from God. And if it wasn't relevant or real, we would not be here. Because it wouldn't work. But I got two good words to close with. Are you ready? It works. I said it works. I said it works. I said it works. I said it works. 
I said it works. Just stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Keep speaking to your mouth. Because on your side, it may look like you're taking a teaspoon and putting it in there. But on the other side, the unseen, God has got a bulldozer. And he's moving that mountain and moving that mountain and moving that mountain and moving that mountain. And I'm telling you, it will be removed and cast into the sea. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Put a watch on our words, Lord. Don't let us get in the ditch on one side or the other. Let the practicality of the Word of God be relevant to us. As we stand in faith, speak your Word. And as the Word of God in our mouth affects things the same way it would coming out of God's mouth because that is His purpose in giving it to us. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just for a moment, real quick. Nobody's stirring around, if you will. I'm going to ask you this morning, where are you at with God? You're living right, you're doing right. God loves you. You say, Pastor, I, I've never made Jesus my Lord, my Savior. You need to get saved. How do I do that? You bring words. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. God raised Jesus from the dead. You shall be saved. He's already provided it for you. You just have to receive it. Or if you're here, you say, Pastor, I'm away from God. I, I've been living in sin. It's, it's destroying my life. What, what can I do? You come back to Him. You broke fellowship. But God didn't break relationship. So you bring Him words of repentance, words of forgiveness. Forgive me, Heavenly Father. I repent. I come to you now in the name of Jesus. And God, the Bible says, He's faithful and just to cleanse us from all sin and all unrighteousness. So nobody looking around this morning here today say pastor that's me please pray for me I want to do that if that's you would you lift your hand anyone at all anyone at all one hand God bless you another God bless you anyone else would say that's me pastor that's me please pray with me please pray with me you can put your hand down once you've raised it quickly anyone else would say that's me please pray with me anyone anyone else another hand God bless you God bless you now everybody look this way here's what we're going to do I want to pray with you I'm going to pray with you up front. You don't have to turn and look at these people. They want to support you. They don't want to judge you. They don't want to uh, belittle you in any way. They want to support you because all of us came by an aisle and an altar. Whether it was an aisle and an altar in a church or an aisle and an altar at somebody's table or an aisle and an altar somewhere on the street. Yesterday was down in my, in my uh, 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 what we call that, playroom. Here they came. Three people came to Jesus. That's how we come. And then there's always this thought. Well, Pastor Rusty, it's such a private thing between me and God. But it's not a private thing between God and you. Because God wants you to know that a public, public display of your desire to be right with God or to be saved, He accepts that. Because you're unashamed of Him. You're unashamed of Him. So Island Church is going to stand in just a minute and begin to give a big applause. Not for my preaching, not for our music, not for anything we do or say. But it's for everyone that lifted your hand. And it is a, it is a help. It's a, it's a come on down. We're for you. Come on down there. We're for you. We're giving you an applause. Come on down. That's what we're going to do. Island Church, would you do that? Stand on your feet. Every person that raised your hand, please come. Please come pray with me right now. Come get things right with God. Don't leave today. Things not being right with God. Give them a big hand clap. Come on. Come on, my brother. Come on. Come on, sweetheart. Anybody else? Come on. 
Don't be ashamed or afraid. We love you. We love you. Come on, we love you. Oh, come on. Give them a big hand clap. Don't patty cake for them. Come on, give them a big. Encourage them down to the altar this morning. Come on, darling. Come stand right here. Come on, Mom. Let her come stand right here. Praise God. Amen. You doing okay? Okay. Praise the Lord. Here's what we're going to do. Now, what did we teach on this morning? Words. Our words are so powerful. Our words are so powerful. Think about this, brother. Tomorrow, somebody deposited into your bank account a million dollars. A lot of money. A lot of money. You could go into the bank and you could say this with words. I don't want it. Give it away. That shows and proves that the word of your mouth is more valuable than even a million dollars. Now, you, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> then I hope I'd be there to give it to me. Amen? <laughs> I know what to do with it. But that shows us how powerful our words are. God accepts our word. He wants us to give Him our word. Now, different levels. We give our word to the dog or the cat ass or what it comes on up. But the highest level of our life in which we give our word is when we give our word to God. Amen. Now, here's the good news. You know what God's going to do? He's going to take you at your word. You don't have to go out. Well, Pastor, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out this week. I'm going to be so good. I'm going to do good things. I'm going I'm I'm to fix my neighbor lunch. I'm going I'm I'm to pick up stray cats. I'm going to be so good. I'm going to come back next week and God's going to accept. No, He takes you just as you are. And then He takes your word. So church, you're going to help us? Out loud, say these words. Heavenly Father, right now, openly, publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You sent your Son, Jesus, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. Areas of my life which have caused me to stray, get away from you, Lord. Weaknesses, I renounce them. I ask forgiveness. I repent and turn from by your power and your ability in me, I turn from it all. I choose this day to serve God with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength, with my words. Thank you, Father. As I stand at the altar, February 11, 2018, I am right with God. Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. All my sins are forgiven. Now let me say that again. All your sins are forgiven. All your sins are forgiven. Now, I need to say that. Some, one of you up here really needs to hear that. All your sins, they do not exist in God's eyes anymore. Don't let the devil beat you up. You tell the devil, that person doesn't live anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. God has cleansed me of those sins. You are cleansed sin. There's no sin that you've committed that is quote, unpardonable. If that was true, you could not come to church. You would not sit in this auditorium and you certainly would not stand at this altar. But the fact that you were able to come to church, hear the word, stand at the altar, is proof positive. You have never committed anything unpardonable as far as God is concerned. Is that good? Does that help you? 
Amen. Wave at us, Brother Mark. We got some good material we want to give you. Put it in your hands. Turn around. Somebody's going to give you a big hug and welcome you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give them a big hand clap, church. Rejoice with them this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah, get you one. Now, don't forget we've got some confession uh, scriptures up here this morning for you that want them. If we run out, we'll have some more next week. Amen. God bless you. Now, let's pray over our week. Let me just say this as we do. You know, as we pray this closing prayer, we've done this for 16 years as a church. And we declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Listen, maintain your confession of faith over this flu thing. You speak it every day. Flu ain't coming to my house. Ain't coming on me. In the name of Jesus. You say, well, what if I start having symptoms? Then you take the Word of God and you resist it. Amen. I'm telling you, we don't have to be subject to what's on this world. We're of another kingdom. It can affect the human family, but we're in God's family. But we've got to use what God gives us to resist what's in the human family. Because we're still on this earth. Our feet still hit the ground. Our bodies are still subject to attack. But thank God we have authority. And thank God we have words of life that can overcome any words of sickness or death. Amen. Now, fathers, we leave today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word says no evil befalls us, no plague comes to our dwelling place, that angels have charge over us, and we declare over ourselves that we walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. And that means the flu, and that means colds, and that means infections in our sinuses, and that means anything the enemy will try to bring, whether it's rampant out in society or it comes because of the weather, we say no in Jesus' name. Father, in our travels on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel and transportation, we call ourselves blessed, protected, and safe. In the righteous labor of our hands, as we handle the resource, whether we're in construction, whether we work up in the the medical branch, up in the oil patch, wherever we go, whatever we do, we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Safe, protected, and kept by Almighty God. We believe it. We declare it. We receive it. Father, just as important, we thank you for the door of utterance opened unto us. Let us speak the word boldly that we may be an answer to somebody's prayer, a problem to the adversary, a miracle in someone's life. Lord, we leave today. We love you so much. We thank you for your mercy, your kindness, your grace, and your compassion toward us. We thank you for our church. We choose to walk in love one toward another. Thank you for the spirit of unity bond of peace. Lord, we leave us today as the ambassadors you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. We'll see you during the week. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.